Millennials are grossly underestimated. Their jobs aren't their whole world. They have options, they have the internet. Job satisfaction and strength of relationships, there ain't no app for that. Education is not a mechanical system, it's a human system. Any kind of work that's on some level predictable, then that's gonna be susceptible to artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. And that job, where you go to a building and you stay there 40 hours, and then you do that again for 40 years and then you retire, that's gone. Technology magnifies our leverage and increases our creativity. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Please wait as your individualized operating system is initiated. This is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, guiding you through the madness of modern life. This podcast is sponsored by the University of Northampton, the first UK university to be awarded the Ashoka U Changemaker Campus status, in recognition of their commitment to social entrepreneurship. Now, here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Sup, powerful nonsenses? Hello. We have returned to your ear holes. It is us. It is we. <laughs> <laughs> and, and who are we? Uh, I am Wayne Ingram. I am Jimmy Audis. And your friendly tech. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, to those that don't know, we record these in batches, and this is like the first time me and you've got together in a pretty thing. Pretty much since we recorded the last one. I know, I forgot I did podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Having a a podcast withdrawal. Basically, we go on these like weekly, these monthly binges where we just delve into the podcast world, get our audio on. It's it's just a massive um, procrastination, really. Yeah. It's like, to be honest, it took us like two hours to actually start today, I think. Yeah, well, we had a lot of catching up to do. We had a lot of catching up to do. We did. So, what's going on in your world, Gem? Lots of stuff. Moving home, moving in. Moving in to a house. Exciting that, times. A, is it a house? It's flat. Flat. That you yeah. own. Woo. Whoop, whoop. That's a milestone. Yep. <laughs> and they, and they said millennials don't get houses. Yeah. Well, I'm joking. A little bit of help from the old parents. Yeah, but you did it, Huge man. Parents. You did it, man. Before yeah. you hit 30 as well, which is, you know, always impressive. Props. So well, well done. Congrats. Cheers, man. Um, what about yourself? Uh, I've been busy, man. I've been, been busy. Uh, combination of things. As many people know, I do have a nine to five now. Uh, Go is, you! I know. <laughs> Go team! I know. Despite everything that I say on this podcast, I did. I did revert to nine to five, but it's technically freelancing. So it's just the hours that I'm doing <laughs> are nine to five. The justification and it's, there. And actually, it's not five days a week either. So actually, I'm still winning. So it's fine. I'm a walking contradiction. It's good. <laughs> it doesn't sound at all like you're just trying to. Uh, no, no. Make no, yourself no. feel a whole lot better. As I say, I'm a walking contradiction. So it's fine. Um, but no. So I'm I'm pretty busy at the minute with the day job, but also, you know, pretty busy with the acting work. I've doubled down on my social media stuff, which yeah, seems to be going well. I'm enjoying that at the minute. Spamming the place. Yeah. Yeah, so it's good. I'm 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 good, but tired. But I'm just about to, as of today, taking some time off the day jobs. Yeah. So uh, recharging, yeah. relaxing, recharging, relaxing, all that jazz. Getting getting thinking of new ideas and things. Reviewing my my how, kind of goals that I set for the year. How the hell it's already April? Yeah, it's do like you know, my, do you know what's funny? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like moving house, and then I ha- and then I was like opening all the boxes yesterday, and I was like, "What's this uh, cone shaped thing?" And I like undid it, and it's like my it's my year planner for 2017. Oh, uh, really? Like, I haven't even unpacked it. It's, it the, the year has gone <laughs> that quick that my year planner is still not up on the wall. So mm-hmm. it's like a calendar, and like usually each year I just dot out everything that I want to get done, and I'm just like, 
Yeah, let's just start from April. I just ripped the top bit off probably and just pretend that that first part of the year is just <laughs> it's meant to start April. It's a it's a uh, fiscal year exactly. planner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can, I can convert it to that. Just stick, just stick, yeah, just, re- just stick the January to <laughs> April at the bottom. <laughs> That'll have to be done. Um, yeah. So yeah, busy, good, good, good. So things are happening. We're still alive. That's a good start. Well, yeah, we're still here. Probably just about. Through. Just about. <laughs> um, so um, today we're going to talk about setbacks specifically um kind of inspired by an article by former guest of the podcast guy winch oh yeah um that was episode 60 i had to go back and count i had to go back and count last night i was like (laughs) what episode was that episode 60 but if you go to powerfulness.com type in guy winch it'll come up um why entrepreneurs have to practice emotional first aid that's the title Mm -hmm. of the episode uh but this article is from psychologytoday.com Mm. Um, talking about overcoming setbacks, which is kind of what we want to talk about. So there's bits in here that Guy talks about in his post and then other things that we will pontificate on. Aye. Um, so uh, let's, let's get started. So uh, Guy Winch talks about setbacks and, and kind of talks about how those things affect us. Um which is actually like a natural thing in life. Like yeah. no, no thing that you try goes the way you want. I just don't think that's sometimes, but very rarely. And yeah. you're always going to have... There's always going to be some compromise, even if it does yeah. go the, the general direction you want it to go. Uh-huh. It's very rarely you're going to be like, give me this. And then, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very natural thing. And, and actually, I studied uh, philosophy at A-level. Ooh, and we kind of talked about the fact that... Um, Humans, by their very nature, we experience the world through. <laughs> I just, I just thought, did you just sort of like use like, look, I've got an A level in philosophy, so like, <laughs> I, I, can, I know I can, I can talk about, about this yeah. kind of shit. Uh, that's my credibility. I mean, right I mean, when you're like seventeen, you're like so like profound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> no, yeah. it was so unreal. Like, uh, <laughs> like I, I don't even know so much. I don't so even know what's real anymore because like my A level in philosophy, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but so I, so. <laughs> So we just we dropping credentials just to let you guys know that you're on top of your game listening to us <laughs> with my <A> levels. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Wayne. What was, what was you going to say about the universe? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, we early on. Uh, we we discussed. Uh, it was one of the first few few lessons how um, humans experience the world through empirical 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 evidence. Yeah, that's my A level philosophy working right there. Um, so basically, the example that they that they gave was that if you were just you know in your in the office and you saw a a pink elephant walk past the building, you'd be like. Swear, I just saw a pink elephant, but you, you'd question it. You'd be like, "But pink elephants don't exist." So or, yeah, or you'd be like, "Bloody hell, that LSD is strong." Right, you'd you'd certainly question it. You'd be like, "What the fuck was that?" Right, but then mm. the next day, you're in the office and you see another pink elephant walk past. You'd be like, "I swear, I've just seen another pink." Is there a pink elephant around here? And then you'd kind of be like, "That's twice has happened now." And then a third time it happens, you go. The fucking pink elephant this right? And you'd start t- saying to people. Then they strap like, you down in a bed. <laughs> yeah. But you start saying to people, like, guys, are you seeing this pink elephant? Every day, 
there's this pink elephant that's walking past. Casual. And so eventually, the more and more you experience that thing, the more and more it becomes, for you, Part of your reality. Yeah, exactly. And so what what failures and setbacks do, because we experience things this way, is the initial time when something you tried something and it didn't work, you're Mm. kind of like, oh, that was a bit shit. I'll try again. And you try again. And it doesn't work again. And you're like, oh, this is really fucking difficult. And you try again and again and again and again. And eventually before long trying again and still failing eventually you just go it's just not possible so so there's a compound there's a compound effect Mm. on setbacks and failure which basically in in many ways physically weighs you down or rather mentally weighs you down but at the same time i wonder how much of it comes down to like obviously your personality already because someone who's already pretty negative could be like try something a couple of times in a row it's like if you're well yeah but i mean you must have sort of like a how much you be be a, a level threshold. Of t- yeah a threshold like a yeah. level of tenacity like how many times do I try before I just settle like okay yeah either there's definitely a pink elephant or I'm shit and that's why no one's hiring yeah me. yeah like me trying not to eat pizza for example mm-hmm. you know I tried it once it didn't work and that was it <laughs> <laughs> but but no yeah. obviously you know depending on on I mean so many factors personality upbringing nature, nurture, all that sort of stuff. But uh, the, the point's going to remain. I think there's going to be a point where everybody, no matter how resilient you are, I think there's going to mm. be a point where everybody goes, nah, fuck this. Yeah. Even Tony Robbins, I'm sure, it will have had moments where he's like, nah, this isn't working for me. Time to move on. Mm. I think everybody does. It's just, it's just how much, how patient can you be and how much are you willing to, you know, experiment. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that, that compact, compound effect um, on top of that, that failure, which is ultimately going to just reinforce the failure or the setback. Yeah. Anything to say on that? Not really. Just, yeah, it's just going to obviously stop people going at it again. I mm-hmm. guess um, it'd be nice to kind of put it in sort of context with what maybe people experience or what they may be going for and how that might relate, or is there more? Um, well, I mean, I think we kind of did that. Yeah. Maybe. Cool. But it's, it's what I mean. It's kind of transferable. So whatever you're trying to achieve, if you just essentially, if you just get the consistent setback, the gym's a good example. Actually, there's a thing. Gym's a good example. Mm. Um, so people will sign up to the gym. They're like, yeah, I'm going to go to the gym every day. Then they don't go to the gym every day. They're like, ah. Oh. Then they're like, okay, I fell off the horse. Let's go again. And then they go again. And then two weeks in, they're like, mm, no. And so so they keep repeating this failure of not going to the gym, for example, and then eventually mm. they go, I'm just not a gym person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because eventually they're like, I've tried, I've been trying for six months and it's just, it's just not happening. It's my New Year's resolution. It's, it's February. <sighs> it's just not, it's just, I'm just not cut out for the gym, man. I'm just not cut out for the <clears> gym. <throat> um, but the guy Winch goes on to say that there are like three ways in which failure injures us psychologically um and what guy winch talks about a lot particularly in his ted talk and in our episode is like this emotional first aid and how we can suffer from emotional and psychological injuries um and what his kind of specialist subject is is how we can repair those injuries and, and and whatnot so he thinks that failure injures us in three different ways Ooh. one of them uh, which I think we've just kind of almost touched on, but it's a slightly different angle, is that uh, failure distorts our perceptions of our abilities such that we feel less mm. up to the task or less capable of reaching a goal than we actually are. 
Yeah, I guess that kind of totally makes sense. You're kind of programmed by your experiences and you kind of have to put it into that mm-hmm. mental library. And mm-hmm. so once it's there, that's it. It's like, okay, well, if I, it's again, when you're a bloody kid, like you're learning these new things. If I touch that fire, it hurts. Yes. So right. it's the same way as if, if you're failing at something and it happens enough, it yeah. becomes part of that sort of mental programming. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And uh, I guess in many ways, <clears throat> you, you know, you kind of have that scenario where you're kind of going, well, Almost if this, then that. If I do this, then this will happen. Yeah, and that's part of the bloody, that bit of the brain, isn't it? Mm. The, uh, the prehistoric, is it prehistoric with the, the old part of the brain? The reptilian the brain? Reptilian brain, lizard brain, whatever they call mm-hmm. it. That's their part of your survival mechanism, mm-hmm. really. You yeah. kind of avoid it. I mean, we know that humans are programmed to avoid feeling bad as much as possible. Right. So if, pa- if failure keeps happening and it hurts and it's emotionally damaging, your brain's mm-hmm. going to be like, yeah, let's uh, not do that. Yeah, again. right, exactly, exactly. Okay, <clears throat> so the other uh, point number two, second way that he thinks it can injure us, is it that it distorts our perception of the goal itself mm. such that it seems further out of reach. Yeah, and I guess that, again, goes back to that wiring. The brain is mm-hmm. going to say, look... Last time you went to the gym, it was really painful. Your legs were killing for days. <laughs> yeah. So to be honest, you know that gym is like two mile walk away or a walk away from your house. So you've got to get free buses. It's like, it'll be like, let's make that feel 10 times worse. Let's mm. make you feel like that's really long. And actually, yeah, last time the bus was busy. And then you add in more excuses to it because your body's like, we don't want to do that again. It weren't fun. So yeah. it's kind of going to... It's really, and he's gonna be like, "Don't you remember the way you felt after it? Don't you remember mm-hmm. how it made? Don't you remember how you kind of felt really embarrassed and how mm-hmm. like everyone was looking at you and you kind of didn't really know what you was doing? And so mm-hmm. your brain's kind of, in a way, it's like that that little devil on your shoulder trying to keep you to avoid doing it again. Yeah. But then obviously you got to. I mean, obviously we talk mm-hmm. about more in the second half, but that sort of optimism has to be there because that's the thing that battles against. But we'll go yeah. into that more in the second half. Uh, you remember? You remember yesterday when your alarm went off and you got out of bed. You remember how cold that was when you got mm. out of bed? Mm. Let's just stay here just for like 10 more minutes. Mm. Just hit that snooze button. It will be warmer after that snooze button. Oh, you remember, <laughs> remember the day before that when you hit the snooze button and you got out of bed after the snooze button and it was still cold? <laughs> Let's not do that. <laughs> that effect. Yeah. <laughs> Your brain's a motherfucker sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and then the third one, he said... Um, which I think this is this is this is the most difficult one to overcome. I think is that he says failure makes us believe that whether we succeed or not is out of our control. Mm. Which kind of goes back a Just little read bit. That to one what more I'm time saying. for me. So failure makes us believe that whether we succeed or not is out of our control. Mm. So basically, it's not. Yeah, but we're not in control of the situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of an example now. It's basically saying you can't do anything about it anyway. So yeah, so you may as well just give up. Yeah, so it's it's like luck of the draw. Flick a coin, it might be mm-hmm. you don't know if you're going to make it or not. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the it's the everything happens for a reason thing, yeah. which I know in episode which sixty actually, cheeky, guy actually. which brought up, but. which is cheeky because obviously the brain loves consi- consistencies and it also loves to know well if I do go to the gym I will get muscles. Whereas mm. if it says to you, well you might, you still might go to the gym, but yeah. you still might come out and have you're nothing just, to show you know, for it. You're just naturally fat. <laughs> Genetically, you, you 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 were fat as a kid. You're fat as an adult. You're just fat. Got a fat family. You know, and you you went yeah. for a jog once, and you we were still fat. And so sweating grease. Yeah. <laughs> so you're you know you're just fat. You're just fat. You yeah. can't you can't be in in good health. Actually, that that there's a guy that I went to school with 
he wasn't necessarily fat, but he was a big guy. He's fucking huge, as in tall as well. Mm. Uh, he wasn't particularly fat, but he was he was, a, he was a big guy. Um, um, and uh, now he's, in the last few years, he's lost so much weight. And I've put on weight. And I was always a skinny fucker. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, how the fuck did you do that? He's like, I just stopped eating pizza. <laughs> I was like, huh. Uh, that's where I'm getting wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I'm sure years ago, he probably had the mindset of like, well, I've always been fat. I'm the fat guy. Yeah. Um, and now he's taken it into and gone, well, I'm surely, surely I can do something about this. And he looks great. Mm. Looks better than me. So what have you taken away Bastard. from this, Wayne? Uh, well, you know, I'm looking after my health a bit more. Stop eating pizza. I'm eating less pizza. Mm. I'm eating less pizza. It's good. So I'm eating better than I've ever eaten, I think. I ate, I ate salmon yesterday. Did you? And I hate salmon. But I ate it. Just because you're one of those gains? Well, no, mainly because my HelloFresh order came in and was like, here's the salmon. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Quick break. Uh, no, there's a little bit more I need to talk about. Oh, go on then. Um, which I kind of think reinforces what we said, and then we'll go to a break. So, um, a recent, this was in the article, so I'm going to read this verbatim. A recent study, sci- in a recent study, scientists examined the self-care practices of patients with heart failure. Developing healthy habits is vital for people with cardiovascular disease, OBS. Um, obviously, that wasn't in the, in the article. Um, <laughs> uh, patients who perceived themselves as having little control over their disease were much worse at self-care than patients who perceived themselves as having more control, even though all were well aware of self, uh, that self-care was vital for their health and longevity. Mm-hmm. In other words, incorrectly perceiving a lack of control prevented the patients from taking action and applying vital self-care strategies, despite knowing that such strategies were incredibly important to their health and longevity. Yeah. Uh, you know what that really kind of relates me, uh, like makes me think about? It's like that whole astrology shit. It's like people put out their... Um what they can achieve in life and then they think oh well I don't know if I can do it but then they go and look at like astrology and it says oh well maybe you can do it and then that, mm. it's kind of that idea that you just nothing nothing you do is under your control and so maybe you never get around to do anything but then if someone kind of prompts or the stars align that you might be able to do it that mm. even that gives you a bit of consistency it might happen Yeah, I think it's like the worst mindset to get in that it's kind of like I know I feel like like it says there like if you generally don't think it's under your control like the brain's gonna be like well even if I try I can't do it it's mm. like the most killer yeah. sort of way of thinking in yeah. terms of well I want to start it could be fatal yeah in it terms of fatal. well exactly what it can in that circumstance where you've got heart disease on the line you think well I've had it once and if I've got a bad heart I've probably just got a bad heart mm-hmm. and it's, I can't do anything but then it can it. also go the other way go on. in many ways I mean if you think of Steve Jobs Steve Jobs was completely the opposite mm. He had cancer and he was like, no, no, it's under my control. I, mm-hmm. I won't have surgery because I can solve this problem. And he didn't have surgery and ultimately that's what killed him because he just refused to get it done until it was too yeah, late. I guess so it does go the other way. Yeah, it's extremes in both, but I think ultimately, I'm sure if you veer towards optimism. <laughs> yeah. yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> like obviously, that's an extreme case. Yeah, of course. I guess we're going to get more into that in the second half. Yeah. Yeah, I should think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so on that note, we'll just take a, a quick break to thank our sponsor for the show. Northampton University. Yes, indeed. Um, and if you don't know... Now you know. Then now, <laughs> now you know, you know. Um, no, me and Jem, Jem and I, uh, are graduates of Northampton Uni. Um, so we, we Not philosophy, though, Wayne. You didn't. Not philosophy. No, that was an A-level. 
just to clarify. I mean, you peaked early in that sort of field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I got my A-levels, that's all I needed to know. I knew everything about the world, it was yeah. great. Um, no, so I studied acting, Gem studied uh, media production? Contemporary, actually. Which Contemporary just... media production. Media production, basically. They just <laughs> thought it was modern for the time. Because <laughs> we use digital cameras. It's now, it's now considered ancient yeah, media production. I know it's ancient media production, <laughs> which is... Uh, I have to tweak that, the, pl- the degree. But. <laughs> you had to put subtitles in your movies because there were no sound. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, the facilities were quite good, actually. They were this, pretty jazzy. had a cool blue sc- green screen... Blue, it was a blue screen studio, wasn't it? Not mm. green screen, which we went mm. in. So that was kind of cool. That was really cool. Um, so far from uh, <laughs> subtitled, <laughs> no sound movies. Um, but anyway, yeah, so um, they they sponsor the show. And, and the reason we think they are a massive fit is because, well, first of all, they're a change maker campus, Ooh. which means that they actually have a huge focus on actually having social impact as a university. Um, and yeah, that can be geared towards business ideas or non-business ideas so it's not necessarily that you go in you get a degree and then you leave and then you go get a job they're very very encouraging as to if you want to set up a business or actually some uh, you know some other social project or anything like that they're very 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 supportive um so if you're thinking that's kind of what i do i'm a millennial i want to change the world then i think they'd be a good fit for you as well so if you want to check them out, head over to northampton.ac.uk and a huge thank you to them for continually supporting the show. Lovely. So. So Wayne Ingram. Part two. Part two. Here we are. Here we go. So we've talked about setbacks and why <clears throat> they're not good and why we don't like them. Um, so let's talk about overcoming them. Yes. I've got four points here. Oh. Four points. I know you added With ten two. minutes ago. And I put two. It's fine. Th- That's five break. minutes each. No, it's no. not. <laughs> I didn't do maths at you, did you? Oh, God. But he does have a philosophy A level. Two and a half minutes each. Yeah. That's fine. We can do this. So, number one is acknowledge it. Mm. So, obviously, you've just had a setback. It didn't go the way you wanted it to go. So, you have to, first of all, accept the fact. Take it on the chin. Yeah. Don't, like, renumerate. Is that where you kind of keep thinking about, oh. Renumerate. Why don't you just no, accept, it's, accept it's not it. quite... It's a similar word. I can't think of what the word is. That word. Because remuneration is getting money back for your... Not that one. You know what I mean, though. But I know what you mean. Listeners I can't think of what, what the I'm word trying is. trying to say. You're trying to sound clever, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but no, it's that idea that you can kind of mould... You can mould too long of the problem. Mm. Like, so, oh, that was... Oh, if, if only that person didn't do that. If only mm. I'd done this instead. And da, 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 mm. Where it's kind of like, okay, look. Just dwelling it's happened. On it, it's happened. Well, we, okay, accept it. Yeah, take responsibility. Like it's done. It's over. Move on. Yeah, I think that's like the first key. I think too many people. I think like if it's a job interview, you've gone there, and then you get home and you're like, oh, you get a call. Mm. Sorry, you didn't make it. And then they're like, and then the next or day, or no call at all, or no call at all. And then it's two weeks late. You're kind of like, well, I definitely haven't got it. But then you're kind of like, oh, if only I'd done that in the interview. If only I'd uh, maybe done a little more research, or maybe mm. maybe something wrong with me. And it's kind of like, look, you didn't get a job. Fuck it. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I have nothing else to add. See, we've gained 30 seconds. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next one is to um, eliminate blame, mm, which is which very kind important. You kind of touched on it a little bit, that, but yeah. I think it is it's very important to really highlight it as, as one of the biggest problems. Thing it's, is, it's far too easy to say, well, you know what? 
he has he had he grew up he had better opportunities than I did because he's he's from a wealthy family and blah blah mm. blah 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 or you know if only so and so had put in the work here it wouldn't have had the knock on effect that it had which then messed it up for me or if only know, I went to Northampton University instead of yeah, beep yeah. <laughs> magic <laughs> nicely done you like that nicely done yeah but yeah <laughs> but no as well I think as well blame is very like a loaded word it's like there's a problem whereas actually. I think there's like blame and there's criticism. I think you can evaluate what mm. happened because a lot of the time you don't go, well, I'm not going to blame things because actually the, the there could have been a problem in your way of doing things, but it's not about taking it personally. It's looking at it analytically and saying, actually, mm. maybe I did come across not as well. Maybe I weren't sitting up straight. Mm-hmm. Maybe I weren't, uh, maybe I didn't talk with enough pizzazz. Right. It's those right. sort of things as well. You can't just, I think blame is when you're kind of, trying to inflict it either externally on other people or you're blaming yourself personally, which is damaging. I think sometimes you've got to look away from taking it literally and just say, look at the situation for what it is. Mm -hmm. Take yourself out of it, take other people out of it and say, okay. What what could have improved? Yeah. Whether it's myself or the others and what can I do next time? Yeah, because I think if you just totally reject blame, then you reject any way of actually Mm -hmm. learning from the experience. Which kind of goes into the next one a little bit, which is these were these are two that I added on because you had those two, and I was like mm, a little bit more here, I think. I think. Um, which is to change your perspective, mm. which is not necessarily the same as removing blame, but certainly it's it may be looking at it from the other side of the table. Mm-hmm. So, for example, a job interview. Let's say you went to the job interview, you didn't get the job. It would be very easy for you to kind of, you know, look at it just from your perspective, but then look at it from the other person's perspective, which is kind of similar as removing blame, but it's kind of almost the next step of going, okay, so I've removed the blame from the equation. How can I look at the situation objectively? Mm. And you're looking at both sides going, okay, so, you know, I was two minutes late. Maybe if I'd been two minutes early, that would have been better. Because if it was me and the guy showed up two minutes late, would I be thinking, well, is he going to show up two minutes late every day that I hire him? You know, if my shirt was untucked, for example, if I was hiring me or interviewing me, how would I feel about the person showing up with their shirt untucked? And just taking that other perspective so you've got a more rounded view of the situation. Yeah, and the perspective leads into that idea of, again, being able to see what went wrong and being able to change that Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Plus, I think perspective is what makes it empowering. We've done that whole episode on, like, change your lens or choose your lens. Oh, yeah. And so it's kind of... With t-shirts too, if you check out the website. <laughs> powerfulmuffles.com forward slash shop. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> new voice. Thanks for that. <laughs> it's available for voiceover. <laughs> that is just one of many he can do. Um, but yeah, I think that idea of perspective is that like... Um, it is like it could be more empowering. It's the idea that if you choose a more empowering perspective, and I think with setbacks, it's all about like a setback is not a setback if you can leave with optimism and learn from mm. it. Mm-hmm. So I think that in that case, your perspective is key. Like anytime you have an issue, like I mean, I was this kind of episode came about because of um, one of my businesses shutting down. Oh, that's true, which we didn't really, we, we might have a few minutes to talk about. Yeah, that so end. I'll kind of lead into that just quickly. Like one of my businesses for um, What the Pit, uh, the vegan donor place I have, it, um, we got a seven day notice and we were evicted just seven days. Monday got the eviction notice, had to be gone by Sunday. And it's that idea that I can look at that and say, oh my God, my business is gone, it's gone down the pan and this is it, might as well just close it, blah, blah, blah. I had enough and get negative about it. But straight away, it's kind of working through those points. Acknowledge it. Okay, I can't change the fact that I'm getting mm-hmm. kicked out. Secondly, 
don't blame it. It's not our faults. It's not their faults. Maybe they like they did sell the area. They were mm-hmm. going to make more money. So if I was in their shoes, would I have made that decision to sell the space? So I'm not going to blame them for that. And then the third is kind of like, okay, what's my perspective on this? I can either cower into a corner and say, okay, this is it. It's done. Mm-hmm. Well, we've we fucked up. Like this is a mess. What's going to happen now? Or it's actually accept it. Put a better perspective. Okay, if that's the case, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And it was the idea of okay, we need to find another location. Within one week, we've got another mm-hmm. little Hackney location which is delivering. Mm-hmm. And I think it is that idea. Is like, And I do think it's one of those things, the quicker you get into challenging your setbacks, you literally start to default to optimism. So you, yep. the problem comes along and then you're just like, okay, accepted. What's the action steps to move forward? Mm-hmm. And it becomes like a literally programmed into you mm-hmm. that you just say, okay, that's shitty. Or the, like, again, we like, like, like think about when you get a train home and your train's... Um, cancelled there's always another option you're going to get home it's going to take a bit longer yeah but it's like that you you know the route and i think that that, that's that's what's great analogy but that's what's really like empowering is that actually the route always exists to the way you need to get to Mm -hmm. it's just it doesn't look the same way how it looked before Mm -hmm. and so my brain now as soon as something goes wrong it's kind of like okay where is the route where can i go next Mm -hmm. And so I think when you, and obviously that takes time and then you take out, but I do think that leads into taking out that personal part about it because right. it's not about you emotionally. The guy didn't close my business because he doesn't like me. It just, mm-hmm. for his circumstances, it worked better. And I think that the more you kind of can reprogram how you view a setback, the faster you get to where you want to be yeah. because it becomes less of a roadblock. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. You kind of almost, we kind of did touch on the last one which I think is, is it's, this is the final step, which you kind of did touch on, which is <clears throat> to break and or improve your current systems. Mm-hmm. Which is, you've, te- you've acknowledged the fact that it went wrong. Mm. You've eliminated the, you've looked at it objectively and eliminated a blame, certainly on an emotional level. You've looked at it from the other side of the table and gone, okay, what could I have improved? And then you just go and change it. Yeah. yeah, that's the fundamental thing you have to. So, for example, using the the train home, uh, let's say you're always getting home like an hour late. There's something somewhere that you could probably change, mm. or even getting into work, you're always showing up ten minutes late. Mm-hmm. You could always look at look at it and go, well, if I left five minutes earlier, yeah. would I get the next train in time yeah. to actually? If I know that the one at ten or nine a.m. is always delayed, it seems to be. What if I got the eight o'clock one? Right. Which seems to run on time. I can look. So it's kind of uh-huh. changes. And for us, it, going which back, could stop you possibly getting the disciplinary that you're exactly, that, exactly, what you're exactly. worried about. And like with us, it was like, well, at the end of the day, with our seven day eviction notice, is because our contract with that venue was a rolling thirty day contract. So our head is like, okay, that's the reason why it came so suddenly, and we had mm-hmm. no control over it. But right. going forward, do we get a venue with a longer lease right. where we have more power, mm-hmm. and that can't happen again? Mm-hmm. So it is looking at the system behind it as well, right. which is again that idea of looking back at. Mm-hmm learning from um the mistakes the first time around really mm-hmm. yeah it's a it's a it's a it went wrong let's not get emotional about it why did it go wrong and then how can we change it that's basically the process that, is that we've just laid out that is how you overcome setbacks and mm-hmm. that's how you will move forward mm-hmm. and you just i think i think the key though is a depersonalization because i think yeah. too many people think become so. too emotional about a problem and so. as soon as it gets emotional you know your brain's wiring it hard yeah because it's like this hurt me personally yeah and then that's when it becomes really difficult to overcome because yeah. it's hit you in the heart. Yeah, exactly. Good. Um, yeah, 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 good. good. Lovely. Yeah, good. Um, so we're going to wrap up there. Bang on 30 minutes, you see? 
we got there. See? And I even managed you to put it. in the little story. Absolutely. Crazy. Ye of little faith. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're going to wrap up there. So um, thank you very much, as always, for tuning in. If you're new to the show, we do appreciate you tuning in for the first time. Hello. Um, hello. Hi. Probably should have done that at the beginning, but there we go. Um, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do hit the subscribe button either on iTunes, Libsyn if you listen on Libsyn. Don't shout out on Libsyn really, do we? Libsyn. But let's shout out Libsyn. Not Libsyn. Stitcher. You can do Libsyn. But you can do Libsyn as well. Yeah, all places. We're Stitcher all was place. the one I was thinking of. But Android Libsyn users. Yeah. Wayne's a big fan of those guys. Mm. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so hit, hit the subscribe buttons. Um, also, if you could, we would really appreciate a review. Yep. Because they really just help get the get the show out there, spread the word. And actually, also, if you could just give us a share, a retweet, or whatever on social media, share it with a friend. Uh, share share with share with a friend. Um, we'd really appreciate that because you know we want to get this stuff out to more people because we think it's useful. Um, so that's it from us, I think. That's done. Um, so we will. On to uh, the next one. Yeah, right. Ah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Batching of episodes. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> okay, so thanks very much, guys, and we will catch you next time. See you later.